This is episode number 116 of the Fearless Presentations podcast, the fastest, easiest way to eliminate public speaking fear. Want to absolutely eliminate public speaking fear? This podcast is the answer. Here's the guy who literally wrote the book on Fearless Presentations, Doug Stannert. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Fearless Presentations. I'm Doug Stannert, CEO of the Leaders Institute and Fearless Presentations. And this is the podcast that helps people just like you become more powerful, confident presenters and speakers. Uh, This is episode number 116. And the topic today is uh, is about PowerPoint presentations. It's one of the things that comes up a lot when I'm uh, teaching classes or when I'm doing coaching with folks. Uh, People kind of want to know, how do I give a good PowerPoint presentation? So we're going to give you seven of the absolute best PowerPoint tips and tricks for 2020 on this podcast. Uh, The podcast is brought to you by Fearless Presentations. And just so you know, we have, um, for those of you who have listened a while, like to kind of let people know about the upcoming schedule. Our fearless presentations are two-day classes that take place in in cities all over the the world, really, but especially the United States, Canada, Europe. Uh, we have classes coming up in mid March all the way to to May. We got them in Providence, Rhode Island, Detroit, Orlando. Uh, Houston, Washington D.C., Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, St. Louis, Missouri, Stanford, Connecticut, Virginia Beach, Virginia, uh, Cincinnati, Ohio, Phoenix, Arizona, Miami, Florida, uh, Dallas. And then in May, we've got them in Boston, Chicago, Charlotte, uh, and and Philadelphia, Atlanta. Um, so we got them going all over the place. If you want information about the Fearless Presentations class, just go to fearlesspresentations.com. All right, let's get on with today's podcast. So this is episode number 116, and the topic of today's podcast is seven of the best PowerPoint tips and tricks for 2020. And it's funny because, um, you know, technology changes every year. So as a result, a, a really good presenter needs to change as technology changes as well. So basically, in this episode, we're going to cover seven of the best PowerPoint tips and tricks for for the current year, the current time. And if you want to avoid death by PowerPoint, this episode can can really help. So just as an FYI, though, these seven tips are best practices for like in-person live presentations. If you happen to be delivering a webinar or if you're doing a a YouTube video or something like that, you want to stay tuned for the next podcast, one that I do next week, because I'm going to give you some some best practices for those types of of, um, recordings or for those types of delivery. Um, so it's a little bit different. The design process for webinars is quite a bit different than in-person speeches. And in fact, in some of the tips that I give here today, they're actually going to be the exact opposite of the tips for webinars. So just kind of keep that in mind. So just because I'm giving you a tip here doesn't necessarily mean it's the kind of tip that you would use in, in webinars because it can be a little bit different. So anyway, so these are the seven things that, that we're going to cover today. Number one is you want to start by designing your speech, then design your visual aids. And I'll give you an overview of all seven of these and we'll go into each one of them in a little bit more detail. 
The second tip is to focus on just a few bullet points covered really, really well. Uh, a few bullet points covered really, really well is way, way, way better than a lot of bullet points covered in a cursory fashion. Uh, the next one that we'll cover is make your slide a visual aid for the audience, not a cheat note for you. That's one of the biggest mistakes that I see people make is that they make their visual aid a cheat note so that they remember what they're going to say. In reality, it should be a visual aid for the for the audience as well. Um, you want to be careful. Uh, you you want to avoid excessive photos, animation, and graphs for your your PowerPoint slides for your slideshow. If it's an in-person speech, and if this is a webinar, the exact opposite uh, may 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 actually be a best practice. Um, in addition to that, you want to be careful using recorded videos when you're delivering a live presentation as well. And I'll, I'll give you some situations where. Uh, recorded videos can actually be very helpful and also give you some situations where that can actually hurt you. So you want to be very careful. And every once in a while, you just want to, you know, create a spontaneous visual aid, you know, get away from the PowerPoint slideshow. And we'll give you some tips on how to do that. So the, the thing that you want to keep in mind is that just about any other type of visual aid that you can use can actually make your slideshow better. So we'll finish with with that tip. So let's go to the first one. Very first one is you want to start designing your speech, then design your visual aids. I, I was working with a group of presenters last week, and I mentioned just offhandedly to design your speech first and then design your PowerPoint slideshow. And, and it, just, it was just kind of an offhanded remark that I'm that I gave it at, at a point during my, my coaching with that person. Uh, a few minutes later, though, after we'd covered, I don't know, another, you know, three or four or five concepts in, in delivering better presentations, um, the, the one of the women, women the, the ladies that one of the ladies that was in the class, she she stopped me and she said, hey, I've been, I'm still thinking about that. Design your speech first tip. That seems like a like um, such a, a simple solution. But she was telling me that she always starts by designing the slideshow first. And, and incidentally, she said, I always end up with a not so good speech. And so it's funny because when you start off at, at the wrong spot, if you're starting with your visual aid first, it's most likely going to make it much more difficult to deliver your presentation. And, and we'll kind of show you how that happens here in the next couple of seconds. The truth is that most Every presenter that 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 I've ever coached anyway uh, ahead of time before they have some type of, of um, official coaching or professional coaching, they make that fatal error. I did it myself before I got a, a really good speech coach. I call this, and if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you might recall me calling this the Kung Fu movie approach to designing a speech. So when I was, a, just to give you the background, when I was a kid, my little brother and I, we used to watch these dubbed Kung Fu movies on TV on Saturday morning. And we didn't watch them very often, but they, but when they did come home, we could come on the the TV. It was, it was kind of a, a fun way to spend an hour or so at, on Saturday morning. And, um, that it was, what was interesting about these Kung Fu movies is that since they were dubbed, the voices never really match the actions exactly. So the, the, the voices never really, the sound never really matched up with the lip movement. And so there would be sounds coming when lips weren't moving and vice versa. And when you design your visual aid first, when you when you start with your slideshow, you're kind of creating the same problem for yourself. Instead of designing an awesome speech, you design a really pretty slideshow. However, now you have to dub your speech into the pre-created PowerPoint show, and it's it's just the opposite of what, the way that you the way that you should design your speech. Design your speech first, and then once you have a really good speech, once you know what you're going to say, and you um, and you're comfortable with with the you 
you know, what, what you're saying and how it's going to be received by the audience. Now go back and figure out, Hey, what visual aids do I, I need to help me get my point across to the audience? So that's, that's a much, much easier way to design a presentation, much easier way for you to deliver it as well. So tip number two is you want to focus on just a few bullet points covered really well. Now I've covered this a lot on past um, episodes of the of the podcast of how really good speeches are not ones that cover everything under the sun. They cover a very specific set of content, but they just cover it really well. And instead of covering 100 bullet points in a cursory fashion, cover three, four, five bullet points really, really well, and you'll have a much better presentation. So, uh, and by the way, just so you know, this is something that you will likely never, ever, ever hear after a presentation. You're never going to be walking out of a presentation and hear somebody say, man, you know what? That PowerPoint slideshow was just way too short. I didn't have near enough bullet points in that thing, right? In fact, the absolute biggest complaint that audience members give us after a speech is it's the opposite. It was way too long. I'm not sure what I was supposed to do as a result of all that content. It's confusing, all that stuff. So the more content that is crammed into a presentation, the less likely anyone will be to retain the information. So a presentation can either be like, uh, you know, if you're if you're thinking I'm a fast food guy, I mean, I love burgers. I love fast food places. Uh, and there there are two different kind of extremes uh, on the on the fast food scale, especially burger places. You got the jack in the box, which is if you ever go to a jack in the box restaurant, there's like 150 gazillion things on the menu. They don't specialize in any one thing. They've got everything. It's like, it takes up three menu boards to cover a jack in the box menu. Then you go to, you know, right next door to an In-N-Out burger or a Five Guys or someplace like that. And all they have is just burgers and fries. That's it. In fact, most of the time they, they, they'll give you a single patty, but you have to ask for it. Most of the time it's it's a double patty cheeseburger and that's what they that's what they sell. So a presentation with dozens or even hundreds hundreds of bullet points. It's kind of like the menu at Jack in the Box. It's got a, it's got, it has hundreds of products. So wait times are long and the food quality isn't really great. You know, have you ever gotten stuck behind somebody at Jack in the Box who's trying to figure out the menu? It stinks. It's not a really fun experience, but at In-N-Out Burger or Five Guys or one of those other places, they, they just, there's just burgers and fries. So as a result, the service is pretty fast. Food is, is a really high quality and presentations are the same way. If you cover a lot of different bullet points, your audience is going to be confused and they're going to be bored. So a more focused presentation is it, with just a few bullet points is, is much better received from the audience. It's also, um, it's also much easier to deliver. So it's if you've only got a few concepts and you can expand on them, then it, you don't have to remember a whole lot when you're delivering your presentation. So that just makes the whole delivery technique so much better. A good technique for determining what to cover in your bullet points is just to ask yourself, OK, what are the absolute most important things that my audience needs to know about this topic? And this technique will help you really scrutinize your content. So you're only including the most important pieces for your audience to, to understand the concept. So it works really, really well. Uh, the next tip is you want to make your slide a visual aid for the audience, not a cheat note for you. You're, you want to make your bullet points complete sentences instead of abbreviations. So for, for some reason, people like to just put vague one or two word terms as, as bullet points for their audience. 
And, and a lot of times speakers are just kind of using this as a crutch to help them remember what they were going to say. Really, though, the technique, it doesn't even work. If that's what you're using your PowerPoint slideshow, if you're using it that way, it typically doesn't really work. In fact, if you've ever lost your train of thought and just forgotten at all what you're going to say while you're delivering a speech, it's most likely because you were doing this. Um, in addition, the, the sentences should be provable statements. So not only should you have a, a sentence or a statement up there, but it should be a statement that is provable. Something that, you know, the analogy I like to use here is you want to pretend like you're an attorney. You're you're making statements to your jury who that's your audience. Right. And you have to prove those statements are true. So this makes your presentation much easier to deliver, by the way. So all you all you really have to do now is just read your statements, read those bullet points and then prove that those statements are true. So, again, you don't have to memorize a bunch of stuff. So it's much better. PowerPoint practices, best practices, if you if you design your bullet points that way. So I'll give you a couple of examples here. So for in, for instance, a bullet point like you know quarterly expenses is it's it's the two word bullet point. It it doesn't really tell the audience anything. It doesn't tell them what you're going to tell them about quarterly expenses. Doesn't it doesn't tell them what happened. Doesn't matter, tell them whether the expenses were up or down or off or on budget or off budget. Nothing like that. So um, a um, a better bullet point would be a statement like expenses decreased by seven percent last quarter. Now I know it's. It, the, with that, basically what you're doing is that's something you can prove. If you're giving them a statement that is provable, now you can give them an example of what happened in the last quarter that, that showed that decrease in expenses, right? So the, 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 that last one that I gave you, that can be proven. It can be proven with the data. It can be proven with a story. And in the same manner, a bullet point such as what happened to expenses last quarter can be challenging as well. So you don't necessarily want to replace the statement with a question because if you, then what happens is people will just remember the question. They don't remember the answer to that question. So as a result, it doesn't work as well because the audience is going to forget most of what you say anyway. So if all they remember is just a question, that kind of stinks. You want them to actually remember the answer to the question. So make a statement that is provable instead of putting questions or the one or two word bullet points and uh, you'll get a much better result. Now, the next tip, this is one that people tend to fight me on. It's you want to avoid excessive photos, animation, graphs, things like that in your in your slideshow. Um, I've heard people say, you know, that you need lots of pictures in, in a PowerPoint slideshow because a picture is worth a thousand words. Right. That's the old saying. Picture is worth a thousand words. In addition, I've also had people tell me that slides in our in our PowerPoint slideshow should be all charts and graphs. I've, I've I've had people tell me that in class. And I mean, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, folks, but both of those concepts can be very bad for your audience. Um, you, you may, in fact, I, I mean, this is it's such this is such a detail kind of um, it's got, there's so many concepts that I could go into in this tip that I, I'm most likely going to create an entire podcast on this probably sometime in the near future, because it's it's one of those things that if you understand this concept, you can change the way that you do your presentations for the better in a very, very short period of time. So, um, but, but for instance, uh, instead of putting lots of photos in your slideshow, 
it might be a good idea to try creating a board or a poster with the picture instead of putting it in a slideshow. Because if you put it in a slideshow, it's up for just a second. You click the button, it's gone. Whereas if you put it on the board, now it has better longevity. It's prettier. And a lot of times those those um, those those photos, if they're on a poster, they, they, they they're just going to look more professional and uh, and make you look even more prepared and that kind of thing. So, um, and in addition to that, the charts and graphs, that's the one that people tend to fight me on a lot. Instead of loading your slideshow with charts and graphs, it, a lot of times it's much easier to create a handout for your audience that has the charts and graphs in it. The handout will, is going to be much easier to read the, the, for the audience anyway. It's going to be much easier for the audience to read it. It's going to be much easier for the audience to understand it. So that, so I mean, I mean, um, it's one of those things that um, if you kind of understand why I'm making the suggestion that I'm making, it, it really makes sense and it can improve the way that you deliver your presentations exponentially. So hopefully um, if I if I get a chance, I'll, I'll do a, a whole session on that, because I think that's one of the things that once you kind of understand it, it can be really helpful. Um, the next tip is that a little animation can be fun and cute, but a lot of animation can be a distraction for your audience. So you want to be careful when um when you're um using that the uh, the the animation you know like the in the olden days i mean people don't do this as much anymore but in the olden days the the animation would come flying in you know the bullet points would come flying in with sound effects and stuff like that you don't really see that but in the early days of powerpoint people kind of did stuff like that um today though one of the things that I kind of see is that sometimes folks will put the the gifs or gifs or however you say it uh, those those kind of funny animations that you send people through um, social media and stuff like that. And in some cases, that can add some humor and can lighten up the mood of your your presentation. But if you're putting a lot of stuff in there like that, it can be a distraction. You should be very, very careful. Um, okay, so the next tip is you want to be careful using recorded videos when you're delivering a live presentation as well. Now, this is one um, I for for the longest time, I used to encourage people to not use videos at all in their, in their presentations. And I've kind of changed my tune on that because I've seen some ways where videos can be very helpful for the presenter, but I've also seen over the years, some things where video can actually be very detrimental. So, um, one of the greatest assets of delivering a live presentation to an audience is that it, it's really it's the esteem that the audience develops for that speaker. But if you if you use a recorded video of another speaker, a lot of times you can have the exact opposite effect. I, I'll give you a good, good example. Of this I was invited to um, a negotiation seminar once. It was a, there was a guy, the speaker who invited me. It was a fantastic presenter and and the audience absolutely loved him. However, the company that he worked for that did this this um, uh, neg negotiation seminar, this negotiation seminar company anyway, that organized the, the uh, classes because the the negotiation seminar was was um, branded under the guy who created it. And this guy, I don't even know if he's still alive or not. I mean, you, you'll see him in the airline magazines and stuff like that. But um, they, I, this guy probably hasn't taught a class in, in years because the, they, what they were forcing the, um, the presenters to do or the teachers to do is to um, show a, a video, a pre-recorded video, like a, and when I say video, like, like a VCR video, you know, like a 1980s pre-recorded VCR 
video. Um, I didn't even know you could get those anymore or play them, but apparently they were able to get the hotel that we were, that this class was in to, to put a VCR in front of the, in front of it. And he just kind of hit play on that and played, I don't know, it was, it wasn't very long. It's probably five, 10 minutes or so of the founder of this company presenting something from the class. And, and by the way, the founder was great. It was a, it was great information. It was really cool. However, every time that this speaker, the guy who was really good and really compelling as a, as an instructor, every time he showed the video of the founder of the company doing something, he was basically telling all of the people there in the audience, Hey, okay, this guy right here is the real expert on the topic. And so it was, it was taken away a lot of the esteem and the prestige that he had. So you want to be very careful about using, um, a, a, a video as a way to, to, um, uh, borrow credibility from another speaker or something like that, because a lot of times it can have the opposite effect. Um, if you do decide to use videos in your presentations, though, um, you, you want to be careful. And the best way that I've seen videos used in presentations is as background animation while the speaker is is talking. Um, the, the video then adds to the speaker's authority. So basically you got a video going on in the background, no sound. The speaker is now talking about what's in the video and using it as an explanation. So now the speaker, the person who's leading the, the meeting gets a chance to continue to build his or her authority in, in front of the group. And, and for my personally, what I, tend to like to use videos for is I, I use them to kind of add humor. So I'll sometimes play funny videos related to my topic, but a lot of times I'll just do that during breaks. So I'll call a break. I'll start a, a, a funny YouTube video about the topic that I'm presenting on and I'll let it, you know, if I can pick a, um, a, a, a series of videos that takes about 10 minutes and we're doing a 10 minute break, then the folks that leave the room, when they come back, they haven't really missed anything. And the, for the folks that don't necessarily take the break, they're staying in there. They're kind of entertained while the, the break is going on. So it's a good way to add some levity and some humor to to a classroom situation. But again, just be very careful when you use the videos. Um, another good tip that you can use uh, in in 2020 for good PowerPoint tips is every once in a while, you just want to create a spontaneous visual. Like get away from PowerPoint every once in a while. Um, and um, one of the things that you can do is when you're delivering a PowerPoint slideshow, if you hit the B button on the screen or on the, on, on the keyboard, it will actually turn your screen black, which is kind of cool. So you can, at that point, you can step away from the slideshow, go to a whiteboard or a flip chart, do something a little bit more spontaneous. Um, people, the, the neat thing about that is that audience like when speakers tailor the presentation to the group and your audience will, will seem, it will make them make it appear as though anyway, that you're really customizing the content of the presentation to the specific needs of your audience. So that can be very helpful and they'll, they'll like it a whole lot better. And then the last tip, last thing we're going to cover is just about any other type of visual aid that you can use with PowerPoint can actually make your PowerPoint slideshow much better. Um, so, I mean, I've already mentioned things like posters, boards, handouts, spontaneous drawings, and, and, and the like. However, there are dozens of other types of visual aids that you can use in conjunction with PowerPoint that makes PowerPoint a whole lot better. For instance, um, when you tell a good story about one of your bullet points, so you've got this really good bullet point created and you tell a good story about that bullet point, you're creating images in the mind of your of the audience members. So stories and anecdotes are, are fantastic visual aids. A lot of times people don't realize that, but there that's a great way to get your audience to um, 
to to visualize the concepts that you're trying to get across to them. Um, it, it was funny though in in a, a session that I was doing this last week, one of the ladies that was in the class she she mentioned that um, that she would when we were talking about stories, she said it's kind of like when you tell a story to somebody, it's kind of like the difference between um, reading a book and and going to the movies. If, if you've ever had, you know, what one of your favorite books, you read a book and then had that book turned into a movie. It, when you actually go to the movie and watch it, a lot of times people are disappointed. They're like, ah, man, that wasn't nearly as good as the book. Well, a lot of times the reason why the movie wasn't as good as the book is because when you're reading the book, you're creating those images in your mind of what's going on in that book. It's more detailed. It's it's more interactive. And um, so a lot of times if you're telling stories or giving examples in your presentation, you're going to have that same type of interaction with your audience member. And it, it can typically go over a lot better than just putting a visual aid in a, in a slideshow. Uh, in addition to that, a good analogy can also help your audience see um, the point that you're making in a different way. So um, so basically what I'm saying here is that don't be afraid. Don't be so tied to your slideshow. Don't be afraid to get away from your your slideshow every once in a while. Because um, when when you do, I mean, you, basically what you're doing when you're giving your presentation is you're, you're communicating with your audience. And if you rely less on PowerPoint, you're going to communicate with your audience in a much better way. And you're going to be a much, much, much better presenter. I know I covered a lot of information in a very quick way. Uh, if you, if you missed anything or you want additional details about any of this stuff, you can see the podcast notes. It's on fearlesspresentations.com. Just go and type in, in the search bar, just type in seven of the best PowerPoint tips and tricks for 2020. And that, and it'll pull up the, the podcast notes. Um, if you're listening to this sometime in, you know, very close to the time that I recorded it in 2020, early 2020, then you can basically just go to the blog post and you'll see the, the most current blog, uh, podcast that we've done. Anyway, so we'll see you next week on the Fearless Presentations podcast. Thanks, guys. Subscribe to this podcast for new public speaking secrets each week.